1: Here's today's host, Mike Kessler. Hi, and welcome to Friday's edition of To Every Man and Answer. Glad you've joined us as we wrap up this week. Once again, we just want to encourage you to give us a call. If you've been reading your Bible, come across something you don't understand, sharing your faith, wondering what you hear in churches, even in the Bible, what's going on in the world. Hey, that's why we're here for you. 88 eighty eight ask the ascends the number to call and we would love to talk to you today by just simply calling. We got some lines open and uh, once again want to just encourage you to call. If you're in the Southern Idaho area, I'd love to see you in church this Sunday at the River Christian Fellowship in Twin Falls, Idaho, as we continue looking at the days that we live in biblically speaking, how important it is. And so if you're in the Southern Idaho area, here on vacation or attending regularly, hey, I'd love to meet you, I'd love to see you. And so look forward to uh, being with all of you this Sunday at the River Christian Fellowship in Twin Falls. Joining me today's special guest, featured CSN speaker on the weekends with the Dacus Report, Brad Dacus from Pacific Justice Institute and uh, representing people like you and me from Tyrannical Government. Thank you, Brad, so much for what you do. Welcome to the program. Oh, thank you. It's a pleasure to be on the show. Thank you. Look forward to answering some questions with you and lots of stuff going on. Of course, um, Hunter Biden indicted today on tax evasion. What do you think this is
3: going to do um, for everything? What your thoughts? Yeah, I'm really not surprised that he's being indicted for these tax evasion issues and tax fraud, Um, you know, it's it's not a surprise. Uh, There's nine counts of it. Um, And uh, I think there's a strong case on the prosecution side. Unfortunately, uh, the prosecution is not really um, unbiased, as we've seen before when they try to get everything all settled and just swept under the rug. Uh, It was the judge who said, "Uh, no, this I don't see here, a prosecution representing the people. Uh, this is outrageous how you're just going to let him off the hook for I mean it just with no penalty at all. So they were forced to go back and with the prosecution and, and prosecute him. I, I personally I expect this to end up in a, in a settlement, um, a watered down settlement, uh, sort of a special gold key settlement where uh, he's going to be treated uh, not, not like any other American. Uh, just as they tried to do uh, in the last settlement uh, attempt, so uh, I, I think that's what we're going to see happen, and and also the the issues of tax evasion. Uh, that's a, a minor uh, of a, of a of a charges compared to what should be brought, um, which is uh, dealing with um, inappropriate uh, appropriations of of money and dealings with other countries um, and using uh, his position and the position of his father. Uh, for financial, personal financial gain, um, in their, in that capacity as a, uh, representative of the United States. So that's, that's the serious matter. And I don't believe this Department of Justice under this administration, uh, for obvious reasons, unfortunately, is going to, uh, seek full justice the way it should be.
1: You know, uh, you represent a lot of different cases. What's the latest case that uh, we can pray for you for?
3: I appreciate that. The latest one I can think of is is in um is in Michigan. Uh, it's an elderly lady and she was praying outside an abortion clinic on the public sidewalk. So she wasn't trespassing. She didn't prevent anyone from coming or going ingress or egress. No problem, but uh the the district attorney there in Michigan is using the face act to go after her and criminally prosecute her. If convicted, she'll be serving between 20 and 30 years behind bars in prison. And when you contrast that with what uh, Hunter Biden did or what rioters did in 2020 with arson and shootings, and and they were just all let let off the hook, uh, it just shows you we really do not have a balanced fair justice system. I've never imagined I would ever see this in the United States, uh, what I see now. And, uh, and yet, uh, that's, that's what we're facing. Well, we're defending, we at Pacific justice to We're defending her. We have a case, uh, very similar to this in Nashville, Tennessee, we're, we're defending and another one in Washington, DC. So unfortunately it's not isolated. These, uh, some areas are and some local district attorneys, uh, they are targeting, uh, pro lifers, pro-life clinics. And this is the trend we see, particularly in blue States.
1: Yeah, it's really sad. And, uh, Again, uh, you know, I remember several years ago, Sisolak, uh, governor of Nevada, you know, shut down the churches but allowed the casinos to remain open. And uh, this was uh, very, very distressing for so many of the uh, uh, Christians that were there in Nevada. And, of course, you see many other things go on. Uh, of course, the, the pro-Palestinian um, riots, if you will, that are transpiring in American cities, and... Um, No prosecution at all. And this woman was just standing outside of an abortion clinic offering to pray for people and now is looking at possibly um, decades in, in prison. We have a kangaroo court going on right now, everybody, in the Banana Republic of America. And it's pretty scary stuff. You know, I was reading, Brad, the world's total world debt is $97 trillion. That's adding what? China owes, Russia owes, Panama owes, all the countries of the world, the total is $97 trillion. And when you stop to think that America is almost half of the world's global national debt, boy, I'll tell you, I think we're in for some scary times. What do you think, as an example, when you have one country dominating the, the debt crisis, the United States, what... As an attorney, where do you think we're headed, and what can people like like all of us listening, myself, what do we do when we see a government completely out of control? You know, we had the uh, uh, Inflation Reduction Act, which was exactly opposite; it was to spend another trillion dollars that we don't already have, and the insanity doesn't stop. And then we—I I just watched the thing today. Uh, How many illegal people cross our border? Tens of thousands every day that have to be clothed and fed. And some of them are terrorists. uh, And there is no stopping. So literally, Joe Biden is completely assisting the overthrow of America. Where does that leave us uh, with this kind of debt and this kind of overrun of our borders? Your
3: thoughts? Yeah, it is a very dire uh, situation. Uh, that even some from the other side of the aisle politically are actually speaking out against as far as the border goes. Uh, their cities are taking big hits. Uh, these are cities that were going to be sanctuary cities. Yes, we're open. Whoever wants to come, illegals come, uh, no matter who you are, just come. And now they realize, oh, shoot, we re- we really didn't mean that. Um, uh, we didn't think that Texas would actually be sending them to us. Um, so, they uh we've got a real crisis. It's a na- national crisis in the cities, definitely. It's a national uh, problem. Uh, it's going to be digging deeply uh, into uh, money that was being used for social programs. We didn't even have the money for the social programs. We're, we're borrowing from our children. We're really stealing from our children. When we take on this debt, um, we're taking away money that would be used uh, in the future for our children, whether it's a greater defense of our nation or... Uh, student loans, or you know, whatever, uh, whatever the program, uh, Social Security, whatever. Um, so it's very unethical. We're effectively stealing from our children, and uh, and I just I think what what people need to understand. Looking forward, they say, well, what is how this going to play out? Well, if we don't balance the budget and have someone in the White House, in the Oval Office, and in the Senate and the House willing to to make the tough decisions and reduce spending dramatically then what we're going to have eventually is the debt reaching a point where everyone in the world are going to say, Whoa, this is beyond, uh, ever being paid off. It's beyond reasonable. Um, we don't want the dollar anymore and the dollar is going to adjust accordingly, decrease accordingly. Um, our cost of living is going to increase. Our standard of living is going to decrease and, uh, people who are betting on the dollar are going to, are going to hurt, are going to, uh, suffer. Um, uh, you know, I think people who have uh, real estate and, and and things that are, um, you know, tangible uh, will be in a better position. But our whole nation is going to take a hit.
1: We're in sighted times. You know, I, I tell people everywhere, um, do what you can do for the kingdom of heaven, because promise, uh, tomorrow's not promised to any of us. Be about your daddy's business, because he loves you. Let's go to the phones. We have Francis on the line in Nevada. Hi and welcome.
2: Hi Mike, uh, Pastor Mike. How you doing?
1: Good. How may we help?
2: Uh, well, I had a, I had questions about my new fiance, Jenny. She's in New York, I'm in Nevada, but you know, I just want to know what do you think about Adrian Rogers, um Pastor Adrian Rogers?
1: I think he loves God. He uh he, he ministers the gospel. Why do you ask? Well, the
2: judgment it looks like uh, what he's saying in judgment. If you if you listen to his sermon, it says we're all going to hell, basically. Everybody, uh, you're going to go and be judged by Jesus. You're going everybody's going to stand and or, or kneel down to Jesus at the end. That's what it says,
1: right? So, well, I've had some. I've heard some people say, "So see, everybody in the end gets saved because they all bow their knee." No, it's too late. The Bible very clearly says that when you die in your sins, you'll be punished for them forever. There is no redemption after this life. Hebrews chapter nine says it's appointed in a man once to die. After that, the judgment, there's no second chances. There's no purgatory. There's no baptism for the dead. Nothing like that is found in the Bible. And so, um, in fact, Paul writes to, uh, Uh, the church of Corinth saying, if you don't believe in life after death, why are you baptizing for the dead? He didn't say you should be. He's saying, why are you? Because again, this idea of a second chance, there is no second chance. Now the Bible says we will all stand in the judgment seat of Christ. Now some, the reward seat, that's called the Bema seat. Those are the things that were done for the right motive The wood, the hay, the stubble, it gets burned up. But the things that were done for a righteous reason reason, and also that your heart was right when they were done, you'll receive a reward for. Now, that's for the Christian. Now, on the other hand, the white throne judgment, where all those who have died outside of faith and the Christians that died during the millennial reign of Christ will stand in that white throne judgment all people's works have come to full fruition and they'll be judged eternally for what they've done now you stop to think about it a minute let's say there was a guy started a cult maybe there's only a couple dozen members at the time now there's millions that person's going to endure a much harder judgment in fact jesus spoke some will be beaten with many stripes some with few it's all going to be eternal separation from god but i do believe in degrees of punishment based upon what the bible says It's all hell. It's all eternal separation. It's all a lake of fire. I don't know to what degrees and how that all works. I just take God's word for what it says. Now, as far as Adrian Rogers, what he says, I don't know. I didn't hear him. I can't tell about that. Now,
3: Brad, your thoughts. Yeah, um, I think you said it very well. Um, You know, it is appointed for all men to die once, then comes judgment. Um, And yet, but the difference is those who know Jesus— those that have put their faith in Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, um, those sins, it's, they're, they're washed away. And it's, and, and it's sort of like a, an advocate, if you will. I'm an attorney, so I sort of see it this way. Uh, it's sort of like an advocate. And the judge says, okay, I see this is your penalty. Uh, but then the, your attorney steps in and says, uh, your honor, um, that's already taken care of. I've taken care of that. Uh, I've already borne that, that, that penalty. Uh, they can move on. They put their trust in me. And that's, uh, that's basically what it is with Christ. And we put our trust in him. He is our advocate and he bore our sins. And so when we face, you know, when, a, when that time comes, um, we he will wipe the Lord, our, our tears will be wiped from our eyes and we'll be welcomed in because of what Jesus did on the cross. Uh, that said, we as Christians, um, you know, some people say, well, that's great. Then I'm going to. It doesn't matter what I do because it's all covered by the blood of the lamb and, and I'm just going to write you it right into heaven. I personally believe, and then this is, you know, um, just my personal belief. Uh, I personally believe that, you know, when when we hear the, you know, the concept of wiping the tears from our eyes, I think it's, I think we're going to face the, 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 the depth of what God did for us and also in terms of our, our sin, in terms of covering our sin and, and that redemption and that, uh, that takes place. Uh, you know, we we want to make sure, we, you know, we stand before the Lord um, that we were not, um, you know, just complacent about our lives living for him, that we were, you know, um, you know, just not taking grace for granted for his forgiveness for granted. Um, it's uh, it's something very, very important uh, for everyone to take seriously this. The good news is, as, as believers, we know the outcome is going to be he will wipe our tears from our eyes and we'll be entering into the, the glory and the kingdom of the Lord. So I hope that answers it for you.
2: Yeah, that does great. You guys do great work. I appreciate you. I'll call back about me and my fiance. It's 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 okay. I, we well, all no, can you, change. What what we is all it, Can change. Well, it's just you know we all change to get to Jesus. We've all done things in our life that we're not proud of, and then we accept Jesus and and then we're saved. Uh, it's like everybody that say things that are going to heaven. I listened to Adrian Rogers. So he, he basically says, if you've stolen a pen, you're going to kneel down in front of Jesus and he will judge you from a bank, you know? Well, you are, if you, you will pen, be,
1: if you haven't repented of your sins. Yeah, that's right. That's what the Bible says. However, uh, if it, the Bible says, if we, uh, first John chapter one, if we sin, we have an advocate with the father, which is Christ Jesus. Yes. We're all going to sin after we're Christians don't don't misunderstand me but uh when you talk about change on a fiance uh, the bible says not to be uh, unequally yoked together with non-believers I would never never ever uh marry somebody that wasn't a complete on fire born again Christian um right. and the idea or the anticipation well after I marry him I'll change him no that doesn't happen And uh, the biblical mandate is not to marry somebody until they're right with God, and not just right with God to please you, to marry you, so then they can go back and be what they are. You know, unfortunately, a lot of times we meet people different places on the internet and different things like this. Well, unicorns are real on the internet, and people have a much different perspective of themselves than in real life. Somebody said one time when you get married, newly married, there's six people living in the house. They're the person you really are and the person she really is, which is pretty scary. Then there's the person you think she is and the person she thinks you are. And then the person who you really are and the person she really is. This is versus what we think we are. This is some scary stuff. And unfortunately... There is not one uh, issue in a courtship uh, that that doesn't manifest usually in the divorce. Uh, I've talked to many people. I, she said, I talked to this one girl one time. She says, I'm getting a divorce. I said, why? She says, my husband is a raging alcoholic. And I said, well, let me ask you a question. Did he drink when you married him? yes well, why did you marry him knowing that he drank? And she said these exact words, which echo true all the way down through bad marriages. I didn't think it would be a problem. Well, it is a problem. And again, when people on the internet can be whoever they think they want you to believe they are, you've got real problems. But when you set into really realizing who they are and what their relationship with God is really like, And what their track record has been? In other words, have they been involved in Christian ministry? Have they been involved in leading people to Christ or helping at the church or, or in some way, reaching out to people that are in need? If you don't see that, then see anybody can be anything. And this is where the great deception comes in. And then after they marry you, then they go, oh, by the way. I'm wanted in three states for felonies, and uh, I've got four kids in uh, three states as well. Well, you didn't tell me. Well, I didn't think it'd be an issue. Well, it is an issue. And so I tell people, man, you want to do your, your research and spend time with diligence. If you don't know the person very well. Find out where they go to church. Call the church. Say, "Hey, do you know, you know, Sarah Bobkins? Yeah, I know Sarah Bobkins. Does she uh, part? Of, oh, she's always here. Every time we have a church feed, she's always cooking in the church. And she's, oh, hey, that's a good report. If they go, we don't even know who that is. Um, yet she says she goes every Sunday. Uh, there might be a disconnect there, and you might want to check that out, Francis. I hope that helps."
2: It does very much. Thank you very much, you guys. God bless you. And uh, I want, I'm going to pray uh, when I get off the phone for that lady and for going up for 20 years. Man, that's crazy for praying on the on the sidewalk.
1: Yeah, it is. Uh, it's terrible. Uh, it shows you how far America's fallen. And by the way, what was she on the sidewalk for? Trying to save a human life. What a crime. Trying to save a human being. How dare you? This is how messed up America is and how messed up our courts really are. And again, the Democratic Party centers for just completely focused on on uh, murdering of babies. And there's no other words for it. It isn't pro-choice. It's pro-murder. Let's get it right, everybody. Quit putting a Band-Aid on the problem. It is not pro-choice. It is pro-murder. And that's what it comes down to. And people need to understand that. And uh, again, I don't care how much makeup you put on a pig, it's still a pig. And when you call it pro-choice or woman's rights or whatever else you want to insert here, it's still the slaughter of the unborn. And uh, again, when you realize that people like Hillary Clinton and some of these other believe that a woman has a right to abortion up to the moment that it is born, now think about the babies that are prematurely born three months. They live and, and have perfectly normal, healthy lives, as an example. And yet you have a right to murder it because you don't want it? Friends, that's murder. Those that vote for it are murderers as well. You're co conspirators. Let's let, let's not play games anymore, everybody. Hey, it's too late in the game to be sitting back and being namsy-pamsy. Well, you know, as a pastor, I, I want everybody to feel comfortable in their sin. You know, you're on your way to hell, but, you know, I want to give you buggy springs for the ride to smooth it out. Those people should not be in pulpits across America. They don't stand for anything, and so you have to be careful. The Bible very clearly outlines what we must do and what we must not do. And I want to be very careful to say Amen to any group of people, political party, individual that condones the slaughter of babies. It's really, really sick. And so we just really, I agree with you, Francis. We need to pray, pray. Stay in line. We'll send you out some books, some DVDs, and we're going to go to Don, Reno, Nevada. Hi, welcome. Hi. I have two. I have two questions.
4: Yes. Uh, there's been there's been chatter about. Flat Earth, and my, at my surprise, there's more believers that think or believe in the flat earth theory, and uh, I was just wondering what your take was on the flat earth in and, and that subject.
1: Is it a, a salvation issue? No. Does it damage your credibility as a witness if that is brought up? Yes. The world is round. The world is a globe. God sets on the sphere of the earth, tells us in the book of Isaiah. And the idea that the satellites are held up by balloons, ridiculous. And again, there has to be some place on earth if the world is flat where it ends, and they have flown planes around the world from east to west, north to south, never found the end of the world like they say. No, I think it damages your... Your testimony in that uh, you come across as being a kook, but um, again, when you examine the rest of our universe, uh, it's very clear that we are a a globe and that um, um, there's really no, no other way around it. Your thoughts, Brad?
3: Uh, yeah, I I agree 100. It's it really hurts our credibility as Christians, and even I, I believe in the book of Job, it refers to the earth as a sphere. Um, so it, it's you know just, just, for anyone to claim that the just that scripture in any way mandates that we think of the earth as as flat, um, you know, it's just uh, it's just not uh, it's not good theology. It's not a good uh, assessment of of the scriptures. And um, it, it is, it is disheartening. Someone sent me a video of a debate between two pastors and I thought, you know, was the issue going to be, I don't know what, you know, I was thinking it was going to be something significant, something relevant. Um, You know, like, you know, how do we revival, bring revival to America? You know, how do we, you know, uh save our kids in public schools? And it was about whether or not the earth was flat or not. Hmm. And I, I just, I, I couldn't believe it. I just could not believe number one that the topic is even spending that much time, but number two that it's even an issue that we're discussing. Um, and it is very discrediting uh, to uh, to Christians when we we go out and and put in, uh, out on a limb on something where uh, the scripture in the Bible does not go out on a limb. People say, "How narrow minded am I?" I said, "Just how, how thick is your Bible?" And um, if it uh, doesn't fit within the scriptures, um, it's not an issue. Oftentimes, that is worth uh, arguing about.
1: Yeah, we find that in Isaiah 40, verse 22. He's enthroned above the circle or sphere of the earth. And so, uh, uh, yeah,
4: hope that helps. Okay, hey, thank you. Another one I had, I agree with you 100% anyway. I just want to see what your take was on it. What about the pre Age where... atomic? Adamonic? Adamonic
1: age. Okay, you're talking about what's called the gap theory. In the beginning, God created heavens and the earth, and then verse 2, and the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. The idea that there was a whole world that existed between Genesis 1-1 and Genesis 1-2 is not biblical. It's not there. It is made up. Now, it's very important to understand as we read Scripture what it means. The Bible says Eve was the mother of all living. The Bible also says death entered this world, this creation, through Adam. The Bible does not talk about Neanderthals, cavemen, women, chocolateites anything like that. It doesn't talk about uh, those things. Do I believe the uh, humans were on the same time as the earth? Absolutely, and there's... There's fossil footprints in Texas that prove that. Uh, But they couldn't survive after the flood. And, uh, well, we'll talk more about this on the other side of the break. And we're coming up on that right now. We'll be right back right after this. It all came down to the ultrasound, and I saw this little lima bean-looking thing with a halo.
5: When this mom came to a pre-born center, a baby wasn't really in her plans. I got to hear the heartbeat, and I got chills. In that moment, I just felt God's arms come around me and hug me and tell me that it was going to be okay. After hearing her baby's heartbeat and seeing her baby on ultrasound, this mom's plans changed. My choice to become a mom, hear those little footsteps running down the hallway every morning, is all because I had an ultrasound it saved my life and hers when an expected mother meets her baby on ultrasound she is 80% more likely to choose life Preborn's network of clinics are the largest provider of free ultrasounds in the country and have rescued over 270,000 babies to learn how you can rescue a baby's life go to preborn.com that's preborn.com or call 855-668-BABY that's 855-668-BABY all gifts are tax deductible
0: so So right now may be the perfect time for you to rethink how you pay for health care. And here's why. Not only is it open enrollment for a lot of people, it's also a time you can join MediShare and save even more than usual. For many families, switching to MediShare saves about $500 a month, which is a game changer for a lot of people. But what's more, they like it. MediShare has double the member satisfaction rate compared to health insurance. Double. MetaShare is a proven thing, too. For over 30 years, it's a Christian community of more than 400,000 members. And here's the thing, too. If you join before December 15th and you mention the promo code SHARE, you'll get another $150 savings. So I'll give you the number here in a second, but just call. You'll get a price within two minutes. And remember, the deadline is December 15th. So call now and you'll save even more. Here's the number, 855-91-BIBLE. That's 855-91-BIBLE. Eight five five ninety one Bible.
1: And we want to welcome you back to part two of Everyman Answer with Brad Dickus from. Pacific Justice Institute representing people like you and me against unfair laws, and I'm your host Mike Kessler, and we were speaking with Don. When we went to the break, Don, did that answer at least part of your question?
4: Yeah, it did. There's a uh, there's a pastor. He he's pretty scripture based too, and he gives one scripture um, that sort of backs that uh, pre whatever uh genesis one twenty eight god tells Adam and Eve to be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth so uh, the word replenish isn't that pretty much well,
1: well it, that mean? you you have to remember that after after um you know the the fall uh, man um you know w- we were going to enter into uh and God, knowing all these things, knew that death was going to be an issue. So I believe the replenish isn't to start all over again, which violates everything else in the Bible. Um, that uh, hanging a whole nother creation on a piece of a verse, where there's so many other verses that would say the contrary to that, there is no way I can I can buy into that. Uh, and I think that this is a real serious problem, because then all of a sudden, well, did Jesus really die on a cross? Well, I don't know. You know, I mean, did, is is the Bible... All of a sudden, because it's all become su- subjective, it's how you feel about it. The Bible doesn't say that, and it says death entered this, this world through Adam. And so up to the time of Adam, there was no death. And so I think it's pretty clear uh, what the Bible says, your thoughts... Uh, you're an attorney.
3: How would we interpret this from the Word of God? Yeah, you know one real important principle of of scriptural interpretation is to look about how it it feel how it fits with other scriptures. Um, and I know Pastor Mike, you know this very well. Uh, in that, you know, sometimes even cults have done this before. Well, they'll they'll take a, like one verse and they'll just build a whole theology from it, even though it counteracts and contradicts. Um, lots of other scripture and understandings of scripture, and so the idea that there was a, a some kind of a, a you know an earth before this with just that that one phrase that alone should be a, a wake up call. Also, that concept is not affirmed anywhere um, in in any other scripture. You know, uh, Jesus and others, the prophets. Um, it's just not affirmed in any any place else. Uh, so I I think in, instead. Um, you know, I, I, you know, I would not read that into it, and then, and it also doesn't make sense; it doesn't flow, like Pastor Mike said, you know, with regards to what the scripture says of who Eve was, that people came from Eve, um, and uh, and then sin, sin of Adam, you know, was the, the, all of mankind. So, uh, you know, I I just, I, I don't think there's any any credible substance to support that 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 interpretation of Gen of Genesis. So I hope that helps. Thank you very
1: much. Yeah, you won't find it in the Scripture, and that word replenish simply means to repopulate, uh, and um, that's what man has been doing ever since. So I don't think there's any issue about that. They try to take that as a um, a term only uh, of the past, but it is also um, present. So, so I think we need to be very, very car- careful of that. And you don't find, again, any mention of this from Jesus, you don't find any mention of this from anything else. These are things that are simply made up. And if you're gonna, if this is going to be the the exegesis of scripture, where are you going to stop then? I mean, the sky's the limit. So Jesus said, "We live by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God." God's going to judge the world someday by His word, uh, and not upon people's. Um, Fable theologies and th- theories based upon a word, so uh, uh, that that is out of context. So, Don, hope that helps. Stay online. Send you out some books, some DVDs. I think you'll enjoy. Let's go to Catherine from Denton, Texas. Hi and welcome.
5: Thank you. Uh, thank you for all y'all do. You answer so many questions, and we all appreciate you. My question is concerning a divorced woman.
6: Mm-hmm.
5: Um, she was married at a young age. Believes. Her ex-husband believed there was a God, but maybe didn't have a relationship with him. All to say his family and her ex-spouse, their God is money. Mm -hmm. So she, her God is God, and she begged for counseling and reconciliation with a no, and he married someone else. Biblically speaking, can she remarry?
1: Well, I would say yes. I mean, I mean, it takes two to make a marriage. It only takes one to make a divorce. And just because somebody files for a divorce doesn't mean they're the one guilty of a divorce. Uh, there's many practices and behaviors that people have that are very, very contrary to the Spirit of God that you cannot function within a home with a lot of people holding those kinds of ideas. When Jesus gave the criteria for marriage in the Gospels, you have to remember that was based upon a Levitical marriage. We're trying oftentimes to take these things that Jesus said and base them upon a 21st century idea of marriage. Well, Bill's marrying Steve, and then Steve caught Bill with Fred, and now he has legal grounds for a divorce. No, the Bible says they're not married. They never were married. Why? Because that is not the biblical outline for marriage. And so there's a lot of things that go into a Biblical marriage that Jesus was defining. Number two, in the time of Jesus, you could marry more than one woman. Uh, which of the Old Testament patriarchs? Very few didn't have more than one wife. So the thing is, you didn't divorce any woman. You built a little house out of, out in the back and married somebody else. Now I'm not condoning polygamy. What I'm saying is, we're trying to take what Jesus said and apply it to a 21st century American understanding of marriage, which is completely different than the marriage understanding when you go back to Levitical law, where the families of the two that are getting married knew each other. Many of times they were even betrothed when they were yet uh, uh, you know, 12 years old, 10 years old. When they were little kids, they'd say, oh, you have a cute little boy, we have a cute little girl. Hey, what do you say they get married when they become of age? And they would do that. The parents knew each other's parents, they knew the value system of both uh, parents. Today we don't know anything. Like I say, you you have so many different backgrounds now in people's lives. You have children from broken homes that don't understand the male or the female role in the family home. And so then the male tries to assume the male role, male role in a in a home where the girl never had a father. Now you have conflict because, well, when I grew up, my mom made all the decisions, and who are you, dude, to be telling me what to do? So we have all kinds of issues. The farther our society and the world drifts away from biblical principles, the more unstable the entire world and our homes become. Brad, your thoughts?
3: Yeah, you're absolutely right. Uh, You know, we're, we're using terms like marriage, uh today to define things that biblically are not marriage uh and uh, we need to uh, make a point to understand what does the bible how does the bible define this term and what does the bible say you know about marriage and the terms for uh what is uh or is not a a a proper divorce or uh a righteous divorce and um i do you know god gives us some very clear uh, scripture with that. I think I like the point you also made, Pastor Mike, that, uh, you know, uh, just because one person is seeking divorce doesn't mean that they're the, the guilty party. Um, sometimes people are seeking divorce because the other party, uh, breached, uh, the, the covenant and, um, and therefore justified that divorce, uh, to take place. That being said, also, I think as believers, um, we also need to understand that as Christians, we are to show uh, you know, grace and and mercy when there is repentance uh, to our, from a spouse. Uh, that's also a part of of Christianity. Um, but uh, you know, we need to to take mar- the marriage uh, seriously, make our marriage vows seriously, and uh, not to compromise it by the world standards. So I hope that helps.
5: It does. The church is just saying only if there's infidelity or an unsafe spouse leaves the marriage. Then, if she remarries, she's committing adultery.
3: Brad, your thoughts? Yeah, well, I I know of one example where a guy was he was married and uh, he went to his pastor and and said, uh, you know, um, you know, I, I I'm thinking about getting divorced. Pastor says, why? He says, well, um, my wife um, doesn't want to be intimate. He says, how long? He says, over three years. And the pastor says she's already divorced you. Um, hmm. so, I mean, now there's certain circumstances like medical issues and things that can, can come into play. So don't take this as a, as a broad sweep, but, uh, but there are, are, you know, I think you need to, to look at it and understand, um, the heart involved. Um, it's, it's easily, you know, the Pharisees, they lived, you know, by the technicalities of the law. And, you know, they would do this and do that, but God would look at the heart. Christ looked at the heart and says, you whitewashed tombs. You (laughs) look great on the outside, but inside I just see the dirt. Uh, We need to make sure that as Christians, when we're dealing with marriage and relationships, we're not looking for a technicality or technical reasons to be able to to get out of this commitment or that commitment. But we need to look at it as Christ does, which includes uh, grace, forgiveness, openness to repentance and a change. And uh, to be able to work uh, with the other person um, if that's viable and if that other person is open uh, to repentance and and, uh, forgiveness.
1: So, again, um, them trying, this church trying to apply those things that Jesus said to a marriage that most likely never followed any kind of a Levitical protocol, uh, this woman's first marriage, and then saying, oh, well, now you're stuck in that. you know, I, I don't see that in the Bible. And, um, you know, I, I believe what Jesus said when they caught the woman in adultery and put at Jesus' feet, he said, go and sin no more. That would be what I would say. No matter what it was in the past, um, you're new in Christ, go and sin no more. And uh, I, I believe that's what it is. Otherwise, this is a serious issue. If God does not forgive divorce, everybody, now i listen then we better stop Stop preaching the gospel. Because you don't know how many people in your congregation may end up in a divorce and never be able to be remarried again. Uh, so therefore, don't accept Christ until you're on your deathbed because you may make mistakes like a divorce in your life that won't be forgiven of. Is that the gospel? No, I'm sure that's what the devil wants everybody to believe. Uh, When we really look at what the Bible says, God forgives us of sin. Does a child of the devil being able to be forgiven of a divorce, uh, does a child of the devil have more rights than a child of God who gets a divorce? Well, if you say a child of the devil has more rights, I would strongly suggest you really examine your spirituality. Because we are the bride of Christ. We are his children. And yes, people can do very mean things in the name of being married to somebody. Such as, I can treat you however I want. You can't divorce me because you're a Christian. Do you think that is the right heart? You see, this is the problems that we run into. And so, no, today's the appointed day of salvation. God will forgive you. King David, who, man, I'll tell you, look at this guy's life. But yet yeah, called a man after God's own heart, listed as a champion of faith. And the Bible says we'll eventually rule and reign with him someday. Now, now there we find David saying his promises are new every morning. So I would just say, go in peace, go in love. <laughs> Don't sin anymore and be about your daddy's business. I hope that helps. It does. Thank
5: you so much. I'm about to cry. My son is dating this woman, and it's—I she's wonderful. They're both strong, on fire Christians, and they will live for God and do big stuff.
1: Amen. So thank you. Amen. Amen. Again, again, God's grace is forgiveness for all of us for whatever we have done. And right. um, you know, it's funny—the Bible says six things the Lord hates, and seven are an abomination to Him. And interestingly enough, divorce is not. Listed as any one of the seven, something to consider. In fact, a lot of people who condemn people for marrying somebody that's been divorced, sowing discord among the brethren. Oh, by the way, sowing discord among the brethren—that is one of the things the Lord hates. Something to think about. Hope that helps, Catherine. Stay in line. We'll send you out some books, some DVDs. I think you'll enjoy. Pass them along to your to your uh, family. Let's go to Janet. Merry Christmas to you.
6: Hi, Janet. Merry Christmas. Uh, My question is in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 3, and it says, By faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that the things which are seen were not made of the things which are visible. So my question is, what's the difference between seen and visible? I thought they were both the same.
3: Oh,
1: I'm glad you asked that. Man, I'll tell you, only God can pull this one off. Do you know everything on this planet is made from atoms? Depending on the nucleus and the composite structure of the, of the, uh, n- uh, the, the center of the atom, uh, depends on whether it's wood, hay, whatever it might be. It's amazing to me that everything that we see is made from energy, invisible energy that God holds together against the, nu- the laws of nature. The Bible says he holds all things together. The nucleus of an atom should fly apart like charges repel. That's like trying to put a North Pole magnet against the North Pole magnet. They push apart. That's what should happen in every single building block in our universe. It should repel each other, but God holds all things together. Now, the Bible says one day this world will melt with a fervent heat. I believe he's going to let, by nature, do what it would do if he hadn't held it together. And, of course, right after that, the new Jerusalem where we're all going to live. But what is so amazing, everything that we see that is made is made from invisible source.
3: Your thoughts? Yeah, I, I really like that uh, that explanation. I, I I never heard that before, but it uh, makes a lot of sense. Uh, also, uh, we also hear today, and of course, this is modern science and modern science changes. So you don't put your faith in modern science, you put your faith in the word of, of God. But um, it's interesting that science back about uh, a little over 20 years ago, astrophysicists uh, came to the conclusion that there has to be what's called dark energy. And that's the energy that's holding things together like the uh, the galaxy, uh, the galaxies and then keeping things in position Uh, There's got to be an energy that we can't see and measure, but nonetheless is doing it. And if there's dark energy, there's lots of, there's dark matter. And they, using their physics calculations, concluded that dark energy and dark matter, uh, make up, uh, over 95% of the universe. Just less than 5% is the, all the energy and matter that we can see and assess throughout the entire universe. Uh, which is, is really interesting when we see how, the, the degree to which science today acknowledges the necessity for matter and energy that's around us, passing through us, not changing us, but is 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 there and present, they, they've, they've actually effectively validated a whole other dimension that is coexisting. Um, I, I've never seen science get this close to uh, the acknowledgement. Uh, the the acknowledgement, sorry, of, this, of the spiritual realm, and yet that's. Um, that's what we see taking place, and uh, I think it's an exciting time uh, that we are living in when we see science right at the doorstep of uh, acknowledging the existence of of the uh, of spiritual dimension. Janet, I hope that answers it for you.
6: Well, you know, it's just really confusing the way it's worded there, and uh, that's I, I just wasn't getting it, so thank you.
1: Well, and the Bible also says His invisible attributes— Now, remember, his invisible attributes are clearly seen. Now, you say, well, how can that be? How can something invisible be clearly seen? It's how you look at it. Again, uh, when you realize that people say, well, I don't believe in what I can't see. Well, then how do you believe in radio waves or television uh, programming that comes through the air? Just think right now in your home, in, in this building I'm in, uh, there are television pictures flying through this room right now on several different channels. And if you have a receiver, if you put the antenna up, you can see what is flying through the air as well as voices. Just because I can't see it doesn't mean that it doesn't exist. And see, this is what I believe Jesus said. When you judge, judge a righteous judgment. Don't judge after the appearance of anything. Why? Why? Because there's more going on than we see, not only in the spiritual world, but also in, in the natural world as well. And, and, I, and this is one of the reasons why I think it's so incredible, the knowledge, the wisdom of God. In the book of Job, chapter 38, God describes radio back in Job 38 and describes modulation of fiber optics, you've heard of fiber optics you know how people uh, communicate with these uh by modulating the light the bible says can you say can you go out send lightnings it says can you send lightnings plural not one lightning lightnings can you send lightnings out that go to you and say here we are boy job um oldest recorded book in the bible of course genesis is older but i'm saying concerning people that book is incredible for job god to describe radio and modulated fiber optics in a verse like that it's saying that you can modulate light that will go to you and say here we are wow we didn't realize that until 100 years ago god knew it all along
3: that's god brad any last thoughts yeah, I, I just think uh, it's great as Christians as we, um, you know, we don't uh, just say, well, we don't want to look at, at science. And uh, in reality, uh, I'm inspired all the more and the more people learn about uh, the incredibleness of God and how we don't see God, but we see his power, we see his results, we see his creation, we see his uh, His handiwork. Um, the more we discover uh the more of the of the awesomeness and the the awe we have of of god and uh and how he has revealed himself so much uh to us today i think more than than ever and uh it just gives me all the more encouragement as a believer as to what's to come
1: um so I hope that answers it for you thank you
6: very much i appreciate it
1: yeah romans uh one twenty through twenty two god's invisible attributes. His eternal power, His divine love uh, are clearly pers- perceived when you know who God is. You can see things in a different light than you've ever seen yes. before. Hope that helps. Thank you. God bless you. Merry Christmas to you still. I will send you some books, some DVDs. And let's go to Elaine, Boston, Massachusetts. Hi, welcome.
6: Hi, thank you so much for, ta- Ooh, thank you so much for taking my call. How may we have- I listen all the time. I'm a huge fan. Wonderful. So I called with prayers, and what's ironic is listening to the whole show up until now, it has to do with divorce, and I always feel like I can't always tune into you, but when I do, I always think, I was totally meant to listen tonight, because um, my prayer request, and then I had a quick question. My prayer request was um, because I am actually going through a really, really bad divorce, and I held out for so long knowing that God hates divorce, and that, you know, the devil loves to break up families. Three kids, a 24-year divorce. Oh, my. And
1: mm.
6: it, there really was no choice because there was infidelity and there was, you know, a lot of stuff on my hus- on my ex-husband's side. Since then, two and a half years into this, we're still not divorced because um, I'm still under attack, like by him and his family. So what I've realized is that, You can really be under attack, like, well, every day there's some new, something that I wouldn't have thought was coming, (laughs) and it's some way of trying to hurt me, trying to bankrupt me, trying to just irritate me, aggravate me, um, harass me, and all of that, and it's been really, really, really hard for two and a half years to hang in there. But I've also used this as an incredible testimony to anybody who asks me, how are you doing? Because I've never, ever been closer to God or Jesus in my entire life.
3: Amen. You know, Brad, your thoughts. Yeah, so basically the divorce proceedings is going on for about two and a half years. Is that what you're saying? Correct. Yeah, yeah, it's brutal, just brutal. Uh, And attorneys, unfortunately— uh, they make all the more money the longer they can draw out uh these family court proceedings and and the divorce process uh that's part of the problem unfortunately uh you know in the in the, the biblical days divorce would be you know I divorce thee I divorce thee i divorce thee you know and they and it would just in the public gates and and um, but it's it's drawn out in a way uh in our society and in our in our our law uh to be very just a very brutal, just a a torturesome process. So I just want to say the fact that you're, uh, you know, we have a choice when we're in these situations. Uh, We can either uh, be discouraged, depressed, hateful, fearful, Well, those are all things that are turning away from God. Or we can turn to God. Uh, With that is we have have trust, grace, forbearance, um, peace, and uh, long-suffering. These are things that, this is a choice. I'm glad to see you made the right choice which is to cling to the Lord in the situation and um hopefully Lord willing it'll come to an uh come to a completion.
1: Yeah, you know, reconciliation is always the best if that can be done through counseling and things. But sometimes yes. people are just so polarized there's not much you can do and and uh, again uh, Brad, I, I thank you for that advice. And we're all out of time, Elaine. Stay in line. We'll fix you up. Thanks, Brad, for being on the program. God bless we'll you all. Have a safe weekend.
0: Or to receive a copy of today's program, please call 1-800-357-4226. Or write us to Every Man and Answer, P.O. Box 391, Twin Falls, Idaho, 83303. That toll-free number is 1-800-357-4226.